Well, hello there, and thanks for listening. Today's message is from our Easter Sunday service, and Pastor Jim outlines all the different ways and obstacles that Jesus overcame to have a relationship with us. He also asks, what are the obstacles in our way to having faith in Jesus? Why don't we just have a listen? I think you'll really enjoy it. Mountain Bible Church. It is great to be together on Easter morning. This is our very first church online uh, ever for an Easter, but it's great to be together and it's great to have everyone here. You know, there is a centuries-old tradition, many countries, many cultures, and one of the things that they that uh, has been done over the years is a special Easter greeting, and it goes something like this. Uh, a person walks in the room and says, he is risen. And the other person responds, he is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. So we're going to try something a little different this morning. What I'm going to have you do is kind of type in where your uh, response is if you're on Facebook and just type in, he is risen indeed. And then what's going to happen, I'm going to say, he is risen. And then all of us are going to greet one another by posting, he is risen indeed. Indeed. Are you guys ready? Have you got it typed in? Let's greet one another this Easter Sunday. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Well, happy Easter. Happy Easter. Uh, The risen Lord overcame many things. He overcame sin and he overcame death. And he overcame Satan himself. And he is the one who gives life to all eternal that ask. Easter is the greatest day of the Christian calendar. It is the day of greatest celebration. It is the day that our Lord and Savior died but rose to life, guaranteeing each one of us who places our faith in him a place with him in eternity. Well, we've been going through a series called Overcomers, and it's based upon 1 John 5, 4, which says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Do you know what? I love the Easter story. It's a story that talks about Jesus. Jesus in his darkest moment that brought greatest triumph, when he was arrested, when he was falsely accused, he was tried, he was beaten, he was mocked, he was whipped, the flesh torn from his back, a crown of thorns placed upon his head. He was nailed to a cross. And then from noon until 3 p.m., Jesus bore the sin of the world. God placed upon him all, all of our sin. And then he died and he was buried. And then it says that when Jesus died, there was a curtain in the temple that was torn in two. And this curtain separated the Ark of the Covenant, which was the symbol of the presence of God amongst his people. And on the other side were the priesthood who symbolized the people of God. And when that curtain was torn in two, it, it proclaimed that forever the presence of God was fully accessible to all of the people, all of the tribe, from every tongue, from every nation. Jew, Gentile alike, all would have full access to the presence of God because of Jesus' death and what he did on the cross in bearing our sin. So when that, that 
curtain was torn apart, that separation was torn apart. And then Jesus rose, and he was resurrected three days later. He became alive on the third day. And because he is risen, we who have placed our faith in him are overcomers. Well, on the first Easter Sunday morning, there were three women, and they went to the tomb. Uh, They went to the tomb. They were carrying spices. They were wanting to anoint the body of Jesus, to pour perfume on it, to uh, pour preservatives on it. It really was an act of worship, what they were doing. And what these women found when they got to the tomb was the surprise of their lives. The tomb was empty. I'm going to read uh, in Mark chapter 16, verses 1 to 4. And it says this. It says, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone from us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back, and it was a very large stone. It was a very large stone. In Jesus' day, people were buried in caves. And to cover uh, the mouth of the cave, they would place a very large stone. And oftentimes, they would, it would be a round stone, and it would be on a bit of an incline so that when it was time to seal the tomb after the body was placed in it, the stone could simply be rolled uh, on, onto the front of the uh, cave entrance where it would be sealed. But it could be rolled back, but it would be very difficult and very heavy. So that's why the women said, who's gonna roll this stone away? Because it is a very large stone. It's a very heavy stone. You know, sometimes there are obstacles to our worship. Sometimes there are obstacles to faith that people have in their lives. And those obstacles need to be overcome. Some may say, you know what? I need to know this Jesus, but I don't know how. And God can help you with that this morning. God can help us to overcome the obstacles to faith that are in our lives. You know, in Matthew chapter 28, the obstacle of the large stone, it was removed by an angel, and it was moved miraculously. This is what it says in Matthew chapter 28. It says in verse 2, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. For he is not here, for he is risen just as he said. The angel of the Lord miraculously removed the stone so that the revelation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ could be seen by each and every person. The obstacle to worship was removed. Let me ask you something. What are the obstacles that keep people from faith? What are the obstacles that keep people from faith? And what we're going to do is just take a look at a few of them. And I want you to understand that God can remove all obstacles to faith. He can overcome these things. 
and bring great glory to his name through it. Well, I wrote down three obstacles to faith that can be overcome. And the first one that I wrote down was blindness, a spiritual blindness that all of us have had at one time or another. There's a story in the New Testament. It's one of my favorite characters. It's of Bartimaeus. Uh, Bartimaeus was a man who was blind from birth. Uh, People call him blind Bartimaeus. And uh, he was blind from birth. And he would sit at the city gate and he would beg. And that is how he survived. Well, one day Jesus and his entourage were walking through the city of Jerusalem, uh, and uh, they, <clears throat> they were walking by Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus heard, um, he couldn't see, but he heard that it was Jesus who was walking by, Jesus the miracle worker, Jesus the guy who gave sight to the blind. And so he yelled out at the top of his lungs, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And there were people around Bartimaeus that said, hey, Bartimaeus, chill out, take it easy. You're, this isn't the time, just cool it. Well, Bartimaeus, he cried even louder. He just said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And what happened was Jesus heard that voice and he ordered his disciples to go and get Bartimaeus and bring him to him. Of course, the the story is that Bartimaeus was healed of his blindness. And uh, here's the thing about Bartimaeus. (laughs) Bartimaeus knew he was blind. You see, sometimes we can be spiritually blind and not even understand that we cannot see the need that we have in our lives as sinners needing a savior. Sometimes we don't see the need that is right in front of us until um, we actually come to the place where we have a hole in our heart and we say, you know what, God, come and meet that need. Sometimes we say things like, well, you know what, that Jesus stuff, it's fine for other people, but I don't need it. And often we don't come to any realization until we're spiritually blind, until somehow the blinders are taken off of us and we see that we have a real need in our lives. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And for the wages of sin, it's death. And death means eternal separation from God. But it goes on to say that the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, God can overcome blindness, spiritual blindness. And if you ask him, he can take the blinders off of you and off of me so that we may see him clearly. Another thing that I wrote down as far as things that need to be overcome, uh, that God can overcome, that block our faith obstacles to faith, are feelings of failure, feelings of not being worthy, feelings of, of, of really being insufficient for some reason. You know, I've heard uh, many people say over the years that they understand that Jesus died for their sin, that he is the savior of the world, and that they know they need to receive him as Lord. But they also say, you know, Jim, you don't have a clue what I've done or who I've been or some of the things that, that are just so despicable. And you know what? I cannot see why God would ever accept me into his presence or why God would ever receive me. Feelings of failure. Have you, have you ever been like that? Have you ever been like that? I mean, I've even heard people say, you know what, if I walked into your church, man, the doors and the walls would shake because of the horrible things that I've done. I'm gonna have to make some changes before I become a follower of Jesus. 
Well, the Apostle Paul was a guy who was actually given that name Paul. And before he was given the name Paul, his name was Saul, Saul of Tarsus. And Saul of Tarsus, for a living, went around uh, persecuting Christians, uh, putting them in jail, and even killing them. And the scripture says that the very first person, the very first martyr who died for the faith of Christianity was a young man by the name of Stephen. And it was Saul of Tarsus that oversaw that murder and that killing. But God met Saul, and he forgave him. And God changed his name, and changed his life, and gave him a new calling. Let me ask you, what sins have you committed that you think are too great for God to forgive? What deeds have you done? What failures have you racked up that you think that are impossible for God to overcome? What sins can we possibly commit that are greater than the grace of God? What sins can we commit that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot cleanse? What things have we done to others that heaven cannot heal? As I said before, it was during the three hours of darkness from noon until 3 p.m. that God placed the sin of the world on Jesus Christ. And 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For our sake he made him to become sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, I don't know why it took three hours for Jesus to bear the sin of the world. Um, God could have done it, the Father could have done it in just a matter of moments, but it was three hours. And perhaps the three hours was to match the three hours of physical suffering and torment that Jesus endured. Maybe the three hours of spiritual darkness uh, was, you know, maybe it came in waves. Maybe, first of all, Jesus bore uh, the sin of all individuals. Then he bore the sin of families. Maybe generational sins after that. And you know what? I don't know when in that three-hour period God placed upon Jesus the sin of Jim DeMarsh. When, at that point, my sin was placed on Jesus Christ, and he bore my sin, the sin that I was born into when I was born, the sin that I committed during my lifetime, and the sins that I will commit in the future, Jesus Christ has borne them all. He has paid the price. God has placed upon him all of those things. What a huge relief for those of us who have lived a life of sin. So God says to us, Jesus has already taken your sin, so just come to him. Come to him just as you are. Don't waste a second trying to clean up your life because it is not going to work. And some have said to me, I would love to come to Jesus, but I have some stuff in my past. I want you to understand this. All of us have a past. All of us have a past. We are all much less than perfect. You can think of anybody you know right now. Turn to the person in the room and say, you know what? Pastor Jim says you're not perfect. And we're not. None of us. 
None of us are righteous, no, not one. And the Father can forgive us no matter what our background, no matter what we've done, no matter what has been done to us. The Father has placed that obstacle on Jesus and our sense of failure, our sense of not being worthy, our sense of just being insufficient has already been overcome by the cross. The third obstacle that Jesus can overcome is probably the biggest one. It's probably the one of doubt, the one of doubt. And there are some who doubt the story of Jesus and they doubt the story of the resurrection. And you know what? Jesus knew that. So let me ask you a question. Is it wrong to doubt? (laughs) Is it wrong to doubt? Let me say unequivocally, no. Absolutely not. God can overcome our doubts. And the opposite of doubt is faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you know there was a doubter in the Bible that helped us all so very much? Because of his doubting, because of his skepticism, because of his questioning, we got one of the clearest statements that's ever been made about who Jesus is and how to come to know him and be with him forever. It happened on the night in the upper room when Jesus was arrested. And Jesus said to them, listen, I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will receive you unto myself so that where I am, you can be also. In fact, I have told all of you this before. And then some guy pipes up. His name is Thomas. And people have given him the nickname. Some people have given him the nickname Doubting Thomas. But I love Thomas. And Thomas says something that probably everybody in the room was thinking was that was this, listen, Jesus, we have absolutely no idea what you're talking about and we don't know where you're going and we can't get there because we do not know the way. And it's at that point that Jesus says one of the, mo- one of the most clear, absolute, finite, perfect, helpful statements in the entire New Testament. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Obstacle overcome. I'm not sure where your doubts may be coming from. Maybe you're questioning the Bible itself. Or maybe it's about the resurrection. Or maybe you have questions about creation. Or maybe someone has told you something like, you know, I just can't get past all those errors that are in the Bible or supposed errors that are in the Bible. Or maybe you think it is absolutely ridiculous to think that Jesus died, buried in a tomb, in a cave, and three days later came to life again. Maybe you think that is one of the most ridiculous stories you have ever heard, and it is an obstacle to faith. Perhaps the Apostle Paul had a group of doubters in mind when he wrote to the Corinthians because this is what he said. He said, listen, I don't want you just to take my word. I want you to call up other witnesses and I, who, who saw Jesus Christ die, buried, and three days later, we saw him resurrected in human bodily form. Anyway, this is what he writes in 1 Corinthians 15, verses three to eight. He says, I want to tell you what's of first importance, and then I want to tell you, go ahead and ask those witnesses. He says this, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, 
that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. That's the gospel. That's the heart of Christianity. And then he goes on to say this. And then he, Jesus, appeared to Cephas, uh, who is Peter, then to the 12, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. That's 500 brothers plus women and children, all their families. He says, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep, some have died since then. He says, then he appeared to James, then to the, all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me. And what Paul is saying is, listen up. If you have doubts, if you have doubts that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and then rose from the dead three days later, don't take my word for it. Go ahead and talk to Peter. In fact, go ahead and talk to any one of the 12. They're still in Judea. They're still hanging out near Jerusalem. Um, you can talk to any one of them or talk to any of the 500 men plus women and children who were all there. Or go talk to James, the half-brother of Jesus, one of his family members. He'll tell you what, what happened. He said, or you can just believe me. He said, what I want you to understand is that you can talk to any one of the hundreds upon hundreds of eyewitnesses if you have doubts or if you are a skeptic or if you can't seem to overcome this obstacle. Don't take my word for it. There's, there's a gazillion people that you can talk to. You know, when I was a young man, I was a skeptic. I was a doubter. In fact, I was a mocker of Christianity. But God brought along some really vibrant Christian young men and women into my life. And one guy in particular, we became very good friends. And I, one day when we were talking, I said to him, Tim, come on, you cannot really believe this ridiculous nonsense about Jesus. How do you know that he's alive? And this is what he said to me, and I have never forgotten his words. He said this. He said, I'll tell you how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. And I said to Tim, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But it bothered me so much that I could not shake the character of his life with a commitment in his heart to Jesus Christ, whom he avowed was a risen Lord. So I began to read the Bible. And I began to read it, and I read it, and I reread it, and I became convinced, and I became convicted that what, it was, what was written in there was true. And then I thought to myself, good night. If this is true, then I have got to make a decision about who Jesus Christ is. And if Jesus Christ is who he said he is, then I need to either accept him as my Lord and Savior or walk away and be done with it. Well, it was one night that I just said, you know what, I gotta get this done. So I knelt down beside my bed and I received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And you know what happened? It was at that moment, that, at that moment of faith, just expressing my faith to God and placing uh, and asking him to come into my heart, that was when the doubt was overcome. That was when the skeptic was silenced. That was when my life was changed and I have never looked back. He overcame my doubts. He saved my soul. And I want you to understand, listen, it is okay to have doubts. And God 
can work through our doubts. He can handle that. He can overcome them and give us faith. What I'd like to do is, in closing of this Easter Sunday talk, what I'd like to do is invite you to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior if you haven't. What I'd like to do is pray a prayer, and if you have never trusted Christ as Savior, I would invite you to pray that prayer with me. And what I would like to do um, is very, very simple. Um, I'd like to pray this prayer, and if you have a desire to pray that in your heart, just simply pray it in the quiet of this moment, or you can pray it out loud in the room where you're at. But what I'd like to do is just have you pray that prayer of salvation with me. And if for some reason you say, you know what, I still have doubts, I still am not convinced, that's okay. This isn't about pressure. This is about you receiving what God is revealing to you in your heart. So if you would bow your heads and close your eyes, just take a moment and repeat these words after me and pray this prayer to receive Christ as Savior and settle this account in your life. Heavenly Father, I confess that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. Father, this morning I turn from my sins and I accept the work of Christ on the cross. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for me. And I accept him as my Savior. Come into my life as my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's a prayer that you have just prayed, would you do something for me? Would you send me a note by email just telling me that you prayed that prayer with me, jim at miltonbiblechurch.ca. And what I would love to do is to send you a gift, a book. It's one that we've given out hundreds in the past, a book by a former skeptic, law student, doubter by the name of Josh McDowell, a book called More Than a Carpenter. And it's been a book that has been so encouraging to many, many people who've, who have received Jesus Christ as their Savior. And I would love to get that gift to you. So please just let me know. Email me, and I'll make sure that that book gets into your hands to encourage you in your new life in Christ. See, God, he can remove all our obstacles to faith. He can overcome anything that is in our life, whether it be spiritual blindness, whether it can be the fears we have, the failures that we think are too great for God to overcome, or whether it's doubt in our heart that we might be that skeptic, you might be that skeptic that I once was, God can overcome all these things supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit as he reveals Jesus to us. Listen, everybody, I just want you to have a fantastic and happy Easter. It's going to be a great week in God, rejoicing in who he is and what he's done. God bless you, everyone, and we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. 
Well, we really hope that you enjoyed that message. And again, if you would like to be connected or if you would like to receive prayer or to begin a relationship with Jesus, let us know by going to mbc.life and we will be sure to connect with you. Thanks again and have a blessed week.